0: Scores. There's scenes here at Perry Park. Chris Lynn has taken the wild thing and yes, sent him. Oh, bang back, well. Wow. Yeah. And welcome to episode 39.
1: Not- What's that? That's, it, that's <laughs> you going, and scene. <laughs> brr, brr,
0: ma 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 ma. Oscar musical, love it. Anyway, red leather, yellow leather. No, just let's keep this rolling. Yeah, right. let's, let's keep it going. going. 39 of the beyond the sidelines podcast. My name is Finn. I've got Angus and Campbell joining me for this special episode with Harry Wilson, big guest this week. But anyway, gents, how are we?
1: I'm fantastic. And I loved the high school musical at the start. I mean, you can't, it is iconic. Let's not get that wrong.
0: It is. It's a bit embarrassing though. Um, not at all, mate.
1: You well, wear well, that uh, on your sleeve. That is a what's her
2: name song. again. Charmaine
1: Gabriella Oh yeah, oh, oh, Charmaine She's Char-Maine. The, worst the worst character <laughs> Such an antagonist The worst person ever oh. the worst no, She's great ever.
0: She's great No no Anyway We can talk about High School Musical All day gents But uh That's the new podcast We're making
1: times. actually By the way <laughs> Sorry Beyond the High School Musical yeah. It's the new yeah. podcast name yeah. But no, yes worst, no Continue I'll with you. your point mate
0: Thank you um, Anyway I was on no Snapchat last night And I got a very important Question proposed to me That I asked yes. Campbell And we had differing answers mm-hmm. And Now I want to propose it to Gusman for the first time without running it by him. Gusman, Mm -hmm. looking you in the eye because on my screen you're on the top left. Mate, mine is on the bottom, mate. Huh? See, I don't like that. I don't like
2: the inconsistency. I'm just going to look into the camera. How about that?
0: Okay, alrighty. Would you rather run away from a forty-foot bee or fight
2: a hundred pinky-sized snakes? Okay, although that. That's stupid. I'd way rather fight 40 pinky-sized snakes. I that mean, is obvious. my mate. Yes, no, no, this is no, obvious. Bees are scary no. at their normal size. No. Like, what the yeah. hell? The bee is 40 foot tall, and there are 100 snakes. Yeah, but they're pinky-sized, mate. You just uh, step on them. Yeah, it's no, like a worm. That's the dumbest. Oh, that's God. stupid.
1: And you can just go, oh, I'm just going to get into my car and start doing, like, doughies on them. This yeah. a yeah. circle work. Oh. Like, or you just a walk bee, What are you going to
2: do? Or you just walk normal pace and you'd be able to outrun them. We don't know yeah. the variables
0: in this situation. Oh, it's we high. do. There's a hundred. We don't
2: know if we have a car. Just get it's a good. bucket of water and wash them away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seriously. So, as I said to Campbell last night, though, the thing is, if you're ever in a situation where you see a forty-foot bee hurling towards you,
1: it's you're right. You're it's done. It's too there. late. Just take it. <laughs> just take the on take the shell.
2: They're more afraid of you than you are of them. Not when they're 40 feet,
0: mate. It's 40 feet. <laughs> anyway, if you're still listening at this point, I'd be surprised. But uh, send us your thoughts because that's a uh, high quality jam. Yes, yeah,
1: please. But that got us thinking about you know, Snapchat and the culture behind Snapchat, mm. mate. Um, it is just, there's good sides and bad sides. Keep going. That's <laughs> where I was going with it. Yeah, mate mate I mean, we're having a conversation tiktok's worse good. that
2: stuff's just tiktok ugh. is
0: bad man i tiktok damn, is been,
1: terrible I've, I've spent weeks fighting
0: it going you know mm-hmm. what i didn't watch game of thrones i didn't yep. watch stranger things i'm not getting tiktok i'm not conforming to the ideals that society expects of me gusman because mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. fair that's not cricket and that's not Finn. that's it's not fair. dallas this it's not that's not dallas mm-hmm. and this week just gone. i decided you know what i'm getting tiktok and last night I was on TikTok. I just went on it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go on it for five minutes. Two hours later. <laughs> Jesus, yep. what's, what's happened? Yeah. yeah,
1: it does consume you a little bit. And you were mentioning how you're a bit tired today, mate. I think uh, I think we need to have an intervention for you. Uh,
0: it's not that bad. I can give up any time. I can quit
2: whenever I just, I, want. I mean, you just first it was to. football manager. Now oh. it's TikTok. Oh. No, <laughs> I was... Mate, what's going was on? Football, football
1: manager is a different level, mate. Football yeah. manager, I was addicted to that, to be fair. Yeah.
0: like... When I first got it, I think I spent about 12 days in a row consistently playing until 3am. Oh, that's horrible. And it's just little like circles, like running at a ball.
2: That'll do it. it. Yeah. That'll fry your brain.
1: Otherwise known as poetry in motion. My friend
2: basically is CJ basically is anyway, Mm -hmm.
1: gents uh, moving on to something that's
2: a
0: bit more, I guess current. It's a bit more interesting. I think you can put it that way is Harry Wilson. Now he's a wannabe wallaby or a will be wallaby. I guess you can put it that way. Now, if, Test match rugby comes back this year. Guys, is Harry Wilson donning the gold?
1: Yep. Yeah. Thing
0: is, yeah. It down. End yeah. End it down. We've, we've
1: spoken about this multiple times on the podcast. We've spoken about how excellent the Reds are in terms of like their, I guess, war chest of talent they've got with Tate McDermott, you know, Harry, um, Harry Wilson, Fraser McBride, Liam Wright, even Um, they've just got such a deep squad of young talent. You got really good young players who aren't even getting in that squad, like Tom Kibble and stuff. And Harry Wilson is arguably the cream of the crop there. Well, I mean,
2: Harry Wilson's the guy who's in the news right now. I mean, he's who everyone's talking about. So clearly the, the, the Wallabies will have him. On, on their radar. I mean, he's obviously the standout for the Reds. I can't name another person who's probably uh, done quite as good a job as Harry Wilson has done so far. Actually, yeah, no on doubt. that, Gusman, how many Reds games did you watch this year? <laughs> what you on the spot? Here we go. There's your answer. I'm not like a super... I might have watched a half or maybe a yeah, couple might've. of halves, 20-minute stints. I'm a league man, mate. I'm, yeah, that's, that's I'm doing other problem. stuff that's with my That's where you time.
0: went wrong. Uh, Remember, he was voted Australian Super Rugby Player of the Year by Mm rugby.com.au by the fans. Now, this is a kid who is a kid. Actually, he's 20 years old and he's he's being like that. You know, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not just another player, CJ. Special talents. But uh, is he in contact with the Wallabies? Does he think he can play for the Wallabies? We've got our views, but hear from the great man himself. And joining us this week is Red's number eight and future wallaby star, but we won't put too much pressure on him, of course, is Harry Wilson, mate. How are you?
3: Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, yeah, great to be on here, so thanks for having me, guys. No, mate,
0: thank you for joining us, and of course, isolation is something we're all experiencing at the moment. How are you finding it, and have you doomsday prepped enough?
3: Yeah, we probably haven't doomsday prepped enough. I can't say we've got many toilet paper rolls left, but <laughs> no, it's, it's okay, I guess. I guess everyone's in the same situation. It's... It's not too fun, but I guess,
0: mm. yeah. And what are you doing to uh, keep yourself entertained? Do you, are you training much or are you going for runs? Or what are your obligations, I guess, as a, as a rugby player?
3: Yeah, well, it's still pretty full on because I guess well, we still have potential playing a season and well, I keep delaying it by a month, but yeah. <laughs> a month's time. So I guess, well, I've obviously hurt my knee in the final game, so I've been pretty heavy on the rehab. And lucky enough to still be able to go in a day or two a week to get treated. And that. so that's what kept me busy. Well, I'm trying to make it uh, go as long as I can just for something I've got to do at the moment. Yeah.
0: It's keeping you sane. How, so how's that all going? Are you responding well to the treatment? And do you think you'll be back this year if it goes ahead?
3: Uh, yeah. So I'm starting to run on, I think, this Monday. So that should be good. And I think if we had games coming up, I'd be available in about two to three weeks. So... Hopefully, whenever the games do come, if they do, I I
1: definitely go. Yeah, no doubt. Are you doing anything different that maybe you didn't um, before we were in isolation? You know, changing up maybe some yoga, Pilates, something like that, maybe to alter your kind of training regime?
3: Yeah, we actually have been. I know uh, about two times a week, we jump on Zoom, and I think there's about seven, eight of us boys, we're doing Pilates twice a week. And I guess, yeah, just something different, because otherwise, at the moment, just doing gym and running gets pretty uh, repetitive, so... It's quite good to do Pilates and just, yeah, we did do uh, a few stretching sessions. Wouldn't call it yoga, but, <laughs> but no, it's been good to, I guess, change up. Well, yeah, mate, how, how
0: does that work over Zoom? Like, how do you keep the banter up and the vibe of, you know, yoguring and Pilates with the boys? You know, it's a uh, pretty, it must be pretty hard to, I guess, stay motivated or have a similar type of atmosphere.
3: Yeah, no, it is. It's yeah, it's quite weird, I guess, just especially when we're trying to do parties. You're trying to have a conversation with someone. Yeah. But,
0: <laughs> Distract yourself.
3: Yeah. It's pretty um, pretty messy, but I guess it's just good seeing how the other boys' faces, and I know FaceTime's been getting used a lot because we're all missing each other quite a lot. But yeah, there's not much else you can do really.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And you know, house parties getting a workout, Zooms getting a workout. We're using it now. Um, how? What did you make of your season? Up to this point, you know, we've talked about how there's potentially still a season to play left, but how did you make, you know, your start to the season? You played very well personally, but as a team, how do you find you guys fared?
3: Um, Yeah, it was probably quite a frustrating first seven games. And I guess this uh, stoppage of the season probably came at the worst time because mm. I felt as if we played seven games and we probably should have won six of them, but we only won two. So... I know we had a yeah, we had a pretty good run and uh, after because we hadn't had many home games and we had a few a lot of the Australian conference games coming up so we're pretty confident was well to come but yeah it's a little bit disappointing because we played some really good footy against some of the best teams in competition but to go down so, by under seven most of the games yeah uh, not many boys are too happy with it all
1: mm, understandable are you impressed with
2: how you've personally played.
3: Yeah, well, I guess coming to Super Rugby, I didn't really know what to expect. And I guess the only thing I knew I could do was just go out there and just, I guess, try and run as hard as I could and tackle as hard as I could. And I guess playing around better players than I've probably ever played with has definitely helped me a lot. And I guess just the organisation in a professional team has probably made my job a lot easier, knowing exactly what to do. And I guess that's probably benefited me a lot, just having a set structure and, I guess, know what to do from there.
0: And how did you find that step up from playing Premier Grade last year? up to you know playing reds mate how was how different was it physically and do you think you matched it
3: um yeah it is quite a big step up but i guess probably one of the best things about australian rugby now it's that it's got a pretty good transition up through i guess 20s prem grade nrc so you kind of feel i guess every level it's just that little bit harder and yeah i found obviously yeah playing super rugby my body uh, has felt it a lot more that's for sure i've had to try and be a lot more professional during the week which i guess i've never really done before but
0: don't uh, say that. You're a professional, <laughs> mate. Come on. Stay no, humble.
3: <laughs> fake one. No, but yeah, it's just, I guess a lot more to look after the body just so you're ready to play 80 minutes the next week. And yeah, yeah, it's a good step up, but it's definitely, you could definitely feel how much, I guess, harder it is the usual. grade footy.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned NRC there. We, um, we like the competition. What did you make of it? You had a very good run. I believe you were a rising star in the competition last year. Um, what do you think of the whole competition of the NRC and all that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I really like
3: it because I guess, like, it's just the, you get, obviously the test players get to play for the Wallabies, but everyone else, like us, club football players from last year and people playing 20s and et cetera, it's your chance, I guess, show that you're ready for Super Rugby. So I, I, I personally loved it last year. Just a good opportunity to, I guess, show Thorny and all the coaches that I'm ready for Super Rugby. So I probably took it a lot more, I guess, serious to others. But everyone takes it differently. I know a lot of people are against it. A few people love it. But I'm definitely for it because, I guess, there's more chance to play footy. And it's awesome playing club footy. But then just get, I guess, travel around. And I guess meeting people from other different clubs in Brisbane you normally hate too was also good. So, yeah, I'm, I love it I see
1: yeah, no doubt. And you had a, ve- you talk about traveling there. You had a really interesting game against Fiji and Drua, actually. I remember watching this. Didn't you get a snag in that um, game or get a try in that one? Meat pie? No.
3: Yeah, like an African early meat pie
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Wasn't interesting yeah, in that one. I was about to that
1: was a really game. good game.
3: Mm, lost on the bell. I oh, know. But there we go.
1: Let's not, yeah. a, let's not touch
0: on it too much, but he might start crying. So let's not, we won't get there. Uh, mate, you mentioned Thorny. What's he like as a coach? Because from what we've heard very much from, I guess, the press and uh, throughout his playing career, he's quite a quite a hard guy and quite a tradi- traditional coach, I guess you'd say.
3: Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Very traditional coach. He Very much how he used to play is, I guess, how he coaches. He, um, yep. he expects a lot of you. And if you're slacking off, we'll let you know, which I know personally it's benefited me a lot to have that figured making sure you're always putting hundred percent in and I guess I've one thing I loved about him was, I guess the training how much how much emphasis he puts on getting better each session, but just on game day, the amount of confidence we will put in, I guess, all of us individually. I guess just really when you go out to play, use that confidence to I guess back yourself a lot more and yeah. yeah, I've loved being coached by him this year. Is yeah, it's been awesome.
2: And there's plenty of talent in that Queensland red sides. Guys like Fraser McRight, Tate McDermott, do you think this red side has the potential to win a super rugby competition in the future?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think now we've probably got a pretty good mix of young and old. We're obviously pretty young team, but we've still got a few of those older heads, which I guess have been very uh, good for us. And yeah, some of the, I guess young talent we have coming through where I guess phrases hasn't got many minutes yet, but the more minutes he played the more everyone's going to see how good he is. And just in each position, there's a young person coming through and, Yeah, that's definitely our goal, I guess. Most of us are pretty much locked in until 2023. So we definitely want to at least have a few premierships in that time. And I guess that's the, the end goal there, really.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And we've been big fans of the Reds. We've been big advocates for you guys this season. And, you know, we do hope and we think you'll push on in the future years. But you mentioned earlier about how maybe you guys, I'm not going to call it choking, but maybe let some wins slip in the later kind of stages of games. Um, do you think a blend of, you know, your older guys and your younger guys, because you guys are a very young side, do you think that helps? Or what kind of value do you think maybe a blend kind of gives a squad?
3: Yeah, well, I guess the good with a good blend in the team, I guess, is there's older heads in the big moments to, I guess, just settle everyone down and, um, yeah, just to, I guess, give everyone confidence in the big situations where, I guess the best thing about a young team is we, we back ourselves through anything. We, we know we can win from any situation. And I really think from those first seven games, it's given the whole team that much confidence. I know after that Crusaders game, I think then we we're sitting at one win, five losses. And then uh, like we, we still felt the whole team was so confident knowing that we're such a good team that we just need to show. So... Because it's good to go out there that next game and get a good win at home, even though it was a bit shaky at the start. But that was when the old heads took over then and we we're losing 17-0 and just got everyone together. And then I think we had 40 unanswered points from there.
2: For sure. And do you think the fact that
0: you played with a lot of the guys you are playing with now throughout you know, junior footy or you, you at least played alongside some of them or against them, do you think that helped smooth the transition a bit?
3: Yeah, definitely. Well, I know personally I playing with, I guess, Zachy, Fraser and even Tate, Hocko and all them through. Um, knowing that they can do it, I okay. guess, giving myself personally a lot of confidence. And I guess also just knowing how each other play. It's pretty much, I reckon, most of the uh, Red team played NRC together last year too. So I know there I felt you could get a lot of combinations with a few of the players who, I guess, as number eight you've got to run off and I guess with Tate at scrum time and just in general. So I think, yeah, our combinations made it a little bit easier to... I guess, happened just because we had not played a lot of football
0: previously. And mate, talk us through the big debut down in Canberra. How nervous were you, I guess, the night before? Did you sleep much? And how, how, how did it feel running out there and donning the Maroon? Yeah,
3: the, obviously, I guess something I just always always wanted to do. And I guess to do it, was was yeah, pretty special. I didn't really, I slept pretty well and I, I was, very, yeah. I was pretty relaxed with, all up until then, I guess, the moment I was out there about like doing our final tackles, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 but then, I guess, once you get out there, as everyone says, you make your first tackle, first run, and then it's just another footy game. But, yeah, it's something which I know I remember forever, and yeah, pretty special, I guess, getting your cap presented and getting your baggy maroon, which is something, yeah, I've always wanted. Were just there any enough- words, oh.
2: of, uh, words of wisdom pre-game? Did anyone have any, anything motivational to say for you, mate?
3: Uh, yeah, not really. A lot of the boys were really good. Just kept, uh, Everyone just came over and gave me a bit of confidence, said you're ready for it, and nothing to them particularly. I know Thorny was probably a bit worried. We're well, not sure if I was ready or not, so he kept <laughs> saying, come on, mate, you'll be sweet. But, yeah, no, everyone got around me, and it was I guess it was kind of a good day doing round one too because you're not the only one, so there's yeah. not as much emphasis on you, so it also helped out a little bit.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it was a bit of a weird season for you guys one of the weirdest probably games I've seen from you guys this season was uh, the game in Argentina. Um, <laughs> you probably don't want to talk about it too much. Um, but what was that game like? What was the locker room after? What was that kind of whole affair like for you?
3: Um, yeah, well, our, uh, that first 40 minutes, we probably played the best 40 minutes we played all season. That, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they came second last year, pretty much the Argentina pack and all. And we went out there and we smacked them in the first half and, yeah, you try not to go too much about blaming the ref, but like normally you're good with it. But that game was a bit uh, ridiculous. But I guess just, yeah, we let that one slip, which hurt, especially because we're sitting at zero from two. And then we thought, get a win, come back home, home game, into Sunwolves, which would be perfect. But to lose that one was a bit heartbreaking. But in the locker room after... It was probably we were probably more shattered the first two games because I guess that game we showed everyone how good we can be against probably the best or one of the best teams of the competition. So took a bit mm-hmm. of confidence away, and then I guess it's good that next week to go out there and finally show uh, the red supporters that of how the Footy we can play for 80 minutes.
0: And it got a bit weird once you guys did return home. Uh, Goal kicking woes plagued your season a bit. You know, Jock Campbell kicking 12 from 21 across the campaign. Bryce Hegarty. Uh, James O'Connor as well, all that ago on the tee. But there was a little bit of chatter, some murmurs that you were keen to step up to uh, slot a slot of you, mate. Is that true? Or do you fancy yourself as a goal kicker? Goal kicker?
3: Yeah, they got taken way out of proportion. <laughs> <laughs> I do fancy myself as a goal kicker, but it was just having a few little digs at them saying I would be be ready. But then suddenly somebody took a joke out of it yeah. and made a, made a media article out of it, but yeah, I guess I think they were all a little bit off me too. From <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's been talk of the uh, next John Eels from that, but we're not gonna we're not gonna bring that up. Yeah. Um, something I find interesting about you personally is your Instagram names. Now, <laughs> I think at the moment it's Harry Zorko Wilson. If I'm correct, I think it was Harry. Was it A B De Villiers Wilson at yeah. some stage? What is going on here?
3: So probably started about after the Patriots won the uh, the Super Bowl a few years ago. I kind of just thought I'm sick of just having the same name, so I went. I was Harry Gronkowski. <laughs> I loved Gronkowski so much. I thought he was just the man. So probably a good year, and then thought he's he's about to join WWE, so probably need a change from that.
1: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean, I'm, love my crickets. I thought I may as well jump on Brisbane Heat bandwagon there with AB, and then that he he was a bit of a shocker there in that tournament so I thought jump on Zorko for the Lions
0: and mate well why did you love cricket you played a bit during school as well is there a reason why you went the rugby route and not cricket or why do you love rugby more than I guess other codes
3: Uh, well I guess in school I loved them both equally I probably did prefer cricket during school but it was probably in grade 11 I was in I uh, got picked in Australian schoolboys, which for rugby, and then it was colliding with Queensland 17s cricket, yeah. and I was just in the squad there, so I wasn't sure if I would have 100% been picked. But I was pretty confident, so then I guess I just thought one Australia or Queensland, so I thought I chose uh, rugby there, and I thought from then if I'm going to if I'm going to choose uh, rugby there, I may as well go 100% into it, so I kind of just put cricket on the back burner from there, and yeah, and play some footy.
2: Well, I mean, you were a terrace old boy. Uh, we, we're GPS old boys ourselves, a couple of BBC and a prison Grammar. What do you think uh, was good about the, the GPS rugby system when you were going through the ranks there?
3: Yeah, well, it's, now you look back on it, like it's so, I guess, special, I guess, just how you're at school the week before your mates and then mm. all, everyone in your whole grade would come and watch you play on the weekend. And just, I guess, the rivalries, like, it's like... Beating, oh, I can't say lost a game in my final year, but like, beating like some of your rivals is um like special. And then just how come when you think back now, like it, how competitive it was when you like just, it was do or die like each game, and it was awesome. Some of the footy you look back on is some of those memories for life. And uh, I was lucky enough in grade eleven to play with Zaki and Nasser, and you kind of pitch yourself now we played in school school footy together, and now I guess get the opportunity to play for Reds together. And I guess most of the team is from GPS school so. We always get into each other around when school cricket or footy's on and get into about who's winning. So actually Terrace won the cricket premiership this year, so yeah. it's good.
0: Yeah, no, see that's something that's a level that we never got anywhere close to. But I guess from like fourths rugby and stuff, there was a fair bit of rivalry there too, mate, don't you worry. But um taking it back to Super Rugby real quick, I read to bulk up in preparation for your debut, you had eight eggs a day. <laughs> Did you get sick of them or? Did you, was it omelets every day? What was the, what was the go? Well,
3: I'm quite a fussy eater. So mm. I probably could have been a variety of food, but <laughs> if it was me being normal, I'd just be eating bacon and just a bit toast. But so I thought oh, I enjoyed eggs. I thought, uh, well, last year I was pretty light. So then one of the main points everyone kept saying to me was get a bit heavier. So
2: yep.
3: I'd always just have four eggs in the morning and then four at night, part of the meals and end up getting me a bit, bit fatter which was good so
2: <laughs> a little bit good stuff Now, after those few opening rounds of the super rugby season there was a lot of talk that you might be a future wallaby what do you think you have to do um on on to work on your personal game to get to that stage to play for australia
3: um yeah i definitely think there's still quite a bit i've got to keep working on to get there and I, i'm pretty confident in my attacking um my attacking game obviously you've got to Learned to not always push the offloads, which I've been found out a few times this year. But I guess just set piecewise, line out, uh, line out strength will get better jumper. And then I guess I probably never in the back of the scrum. I've never really been on such a dominant scrum in my life. So I guess just being because I, I didn't realize how important it was to control the ball at the back of the scrum, which I learned from JP Smith screaming in my face when I stuffed up. So I guess that's been one of the big things I've. Uh, having to work on because it's so important for the team so I know just set piece wise and then defensively there's a lot of areas there I can improve on with to try and be more dominant but definitely set piece wise would be my big one
0: and has Dave Rennie or anyone from Rugby Australia contacted you about what you need to work on or about how close you are to making your Wallabies debut
3: yeah, oh, they've talked to me about, yeah, a few little work on. So, yeah. kind of good at this period, I, just, I guess, to get fitter in this. Because obviously you can't play any footy at the moment. So, yeah. they're just saying use this period now to get fitter and faster and stronger, really. So, yeah. that's a good little bit of motivation there to, yeah, to improve, I guess.
0: To get there. And, mate, only seven Super Rugby games. It's not a lot. But, again, they are talking about you, putting a lot of pressure on you at the moment about you, becoming a great really or about you making your debut this year. Do you think you're you're ready or are you up to the task of playing for the Wallabies?
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I don't really feel that pressure at all. I guess you read the article, which is nice, but mm. I guess that doesn't really matter to me at much at all. And I, I do believe I'm ready. I would back myself in any situation really. So I know if I've got the opportunity, i would be ready for it. i would try and take it both hands. But if it's, if I have to wait a little bit longer. Um, I'm very happy to do that and just keep I guess working my craft and just get better until I get to the point where I have to be picked.
0: Yeah, that's great stuff. But there are a lot of people singing your praises, uh, namely uh, Brad Thorne. He called you uh, special while remaining cautious, of course. And Scott Robertson, uh, Razor, the uh, Crusaders coach, also said that you were quite a special player as well. How does that make you feel? You know, they are two very, very good All Blacks of years gone by. mate. How does that make you feel?
3: Yeah, I guess hearing from those two, that kind of – I guess it just, it made me feel, I guess, pretty good. Just uh, the the first seven games, it's obviously uh, impacted them to, I guess, rate me a bit more as a footballer. And I guess it's kind of just gives me more motivation to, I guess, just to keep working harder because I know Thorny won't be giving out compliments unless he like means them. So it's taken a few years, I guess, to earn that from him. So I'll keep working hard to hopefully get a few more in the future.
0: Uh, Definitely.
2: So is the dream to make it to the next World Cup? Is that what? You've got your eyes uh, set on at this stage?
3: Yeah, definitely. That's um, yeah. I guess that's as a kid, you know, that's all you want to do. You want to win a World Cup for Wallabies, Blatters, and all that. So I guess that's definitely what I've set my side on. I want to want to play in that World Cup and I want to win a World Cup for Australia. So I know that's a long way away, and I've got a lot of things to do to even get an opportunity to be there. But that's definitely I guess you have your short goal, and that's definitely yeah my long goal at the moment.
0: Well, let's see, it's a, it's a bit of a waiting game at the moment, mate. Unfortunately, we don't know when rugby is going to be back. And I guess, oh, actually, one more question, mate. Uh, what did you learn uh, coming through the junior wallaby system about yourself as a player? And, um, you know, and how could you take that into the senior team? I guess those lessons learned.
3: Um, I, well, I, one of my big things I found from junior wallabies, I've probably never enjoyed playing rugby as much as I did there. Like the mouth I probably showed me how much I love playing rugby just around mm. the, my age who just yeah, and just had the best time of my life there. And I guess playing against that was the first time I'd ever really played old school boys, but you kind of just versus New Zealand there. So it was yeah. kind of awesome versus Italy, France, so don't wanna mention their names, yeah. but no, but it was just awesome versus different countries and everyone plays differently, so you kind of had to change you can't just be so normal, just like you had to change your game to each team. So that's probably one thing I learned uh, definitely from my 20s is you can't just be so simple. You've got to keep changing up your game for different teams. And yeah, that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had in footy. That's for sure.
0: And mate, you don't want to mention them, so I won't mention them directly. Um, but the World Cup, so close. The Under-20s World Cup last year in Argentina. Uh, what was that experience like for you, mate? Because let's face it, Australian rugby at the moment is not expected to go that far in a rugby competition, rugby World Cup competition, but you guys defied the odds and so nearly got there. So how proud were you to be part of that team?
3: Yeah, no, it was pretty awesome there. Cause I guess uh, when that was all happening too, a lot of bad stuff was happening in Australian rugby at the moment. Yeah. We kind of, I was kind of a bit of our motivation too. Uh, I guess we got together in December that year with one goal well, we were with a few different guys. I guess to pick up every bit of silverware along the way, which we did until I guess the final game, but it was just such an awesome experience to, I guess, win Oceania, beat New Zealand, which hadn't been done in a while. And then mm. get to the grand final over in Argentina. It was, yeah, such a special experience and to lose by, I think one point will always yeah. have stay with I'm, me, but it definitely uses motivation in the future. That's for sure.
0: i tell you what I reckon. Think positively. Uh, Prefer to lose that one than a uh, senior tournament in the future, but let's see how that plays out. Mate, so much uncertainty surrounding rugby at the moment. We don't know when you'll be back. You don't know when you'll be back, but uh, whenever you you do return, uh, let's hope you keep working hard, keep performing, and let's see you on a gold jumper in the not-too-distant future. Harry, thank you for joining us, mate. Appreciate it.
3: Thank you, guys. Cheers.
0: And what a great interview that was with Harry Wilson. I like that entrance. I'd do that again. Anyway, get, uh, rid, of like, get no, rid of the
2: spin. Get rid of the <laughs> <He does>. spin. <laughs> get rid of the spin. Get rid of the You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> now, what was your uh, favorite part of that interview, guys? Because he said some pretty cool stuff. I think what stood out for me was the fact that he's in contact with Rugby Australia and Dave Rennie. Mm. They're telling him, hey, these are your work ons. Go work on them. What did you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's very promising for him as a player. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, if I got a call from Dave Rennie tomorrow, I'd follow him into the why to the edge of the world. Why would Dave Rennie be calling you? Hey, something? mate, let's you like, never find know. the truth, get in the way of a good story. Maybe he's right?
2: looking for an apartment buddy. Maybe he's trying to uh,
1: yeah, yeah, he's find, find some a, new mates. That's, an undersized, underdeveloped halfback slash hooker <laughs> that... You know, can't really play footy that potting well and you. breaks his collarbone every time he plays. <laughs> so, you. You who go. knows what the Wallabies' way. new look is.
0: Anyway, best of luck to Harry Wilson, of course, when he does next take the field. Unfortunately, we don't know. And nobody knows when that will next be. But, hopefully by 2027, rugby will be back in action. I think there's a good chance that that's the case. <laughs> Come on, seriously.
1: <laughs> of course that's it's honestly not.
0: Honestly, 2027. <laughs> of course it's not. I think we ran it
2: up to 2030.
0: Yeah, that's we'll be number. back until then. That's a safe number. Now, the reason yeah. I mentioned 2027 is because that'll be the year of well, another instalment of the Rugby World Cup. Of course, we have we had Japan last year. Did you guys hear about Japan? I told you about. Oh,
1: you. oh it'll be oh tough to top that. Japan, be,
0: probably one of the. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty cool. Like the trains, just the whole culture over there. No, just- we I am
1: sick of you, mate. I am sick <laughs> of you. It took you a while to catch on to that one, Gasman. Not gonna lie to you.
0: Exactly. You're feeding me here, Gusman.
1: You're yeah.
2: Absolutely
1: f- he me. goes, oh, did I tell you about it? And you're like, oh, it looked amazing. I wish yeah. I was there. And then Finn can just go, well, I it was. I
2: never said I wish I was there. I just said it was a great World Cup.
1: It was. Finn
2: oh, was there for my my <laughs> Anyway,
1: and then, of course. Shut the- up. Mexico,
2: yeah, uh,
0: Land of the Frogs, France will host. But then, 2027, it is still up in the air. But, you Wallabies fans, you Australians, True Blue, Could have some good news coming our way because Argentina and Australia were the two front runners to host that World Cup. But Argentina, after announcing their bid in 2016, have withdrawn it because (laughs) Australia, quote, had a stronger project. Boys, Rugby World Cup down under. It'll be the first time in 24 years. Can it happen? Should it happen? Will it happen?
2: Well, I mean, if they're the only ones really in the running at the moment, then it probably will happen. No, i mean.
1: Curious. Yeah. What's wrong CJ? Oh, I didn't we host one in 2003. Am I being silly? Yeah. Then 24 years later is 2027. Ah, oh, okay. Sorry. I was well, like today's date. Um, I mean, yes, astra- no sin in 2027. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah, going, at the time it will be,
2: I mean, you think if, if this is like a, f- is this a definite bid that they've yeah, made?
1: Is it, this is like formal stuff.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I, I suggested it, it'll, it'll probably go to Australia. Honestly, because they Let's were one of the so. biggest. They well, they're probably what top four, I guess uh, rugby, rugby nations, nations in the world. In the world so now why probably, why are you picking Argentina over Australia? Because I mean,
0: Argentina haven't had it before, and there's a big rugby following over there. Plus, growing they, the game. You've seen how they do football. You know, when that country, when South America, when they adopt sport, man, it'll be unmatched. If Argentina got it. You know, I'd go. Imagine
1: it at like River Plate Stadium, Rugby World Cup Grand Final.
0: It would go off. Exactly. It'd be absolutely incredible. I mean, you also look at New Zealand, across tasman counterparts. They had to wait 24 years between drinks in terms of hosting a Rugby World Cup. So it's almost fitting in a way that Australia finally gets their dues and gets their chance to do it again.
2: Well, I mean, you saw, we saw the Cricket World Cup, uh, I believe the one-day cup in 2015. Um, Australia and New Zealand shared it. Would that be a good idea, maybe, for Australia and New Zealand to share the Rugby World Cup?
1: Who has the final, though? That's a problem. Well, it,
2: oh, yeah, well, I don't know. Australia, Australia MCG.
0: Yeah, I but know. Australia have the biggest stadiums, but New Zealand have the fans. That's the yeah. thing.
1: Oh, it would still get packed out no matter what in Australia. Like a World Cup final of any sport will pretty much get packed out. But I think it's about time for Australia to have another one. I think the benefit of having it in Australia from world rugby's perspective is there doesn't have to be a lot of development in terms of infrastructure. I think it's pretty much all developed. Like yeah. we're, not, we're not going to be building any new stadiums for it. I wouldn't say I think. Like, yeah. we really need all of our major cities yeah. have big stadiums. So we don't that really was need to probably
2: the main problem with Argentina, whether their stadiums were up oh, to the got, standard. They've got they big stadiums, football man.
1: stadiums. It, yeah. They're
2: huge. Is there like, I don't know enough about it, but, would Argentina have the funding required to pay for all this stuff? Are they, I don't know how wealthy the country is, but I'm guessing it's probably not
1: as wealthy as Australia. No. Yeah. So I don't, I still think they're in a similar position to Australia where they don't need an overhaul of development compared to where like Japan maybe did. And like, not really, but yeah, not hugely. But I mean, I'm thinking my mind automatically goes to South Africa. Um, and to, I guess, Brazil a little bit as well.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think South Africa was a bit like that for the football World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lots of
1: money getting in, putting in stadiums. Then Cause two later, yeah,
0: they were prisons. Uh, sorry, two years later, they were prisons. So yeah, it's funny how that works out. Now, Gusman off there, I was actually squashing it, but thinking about it, it's quite interesting. That concept of New Zealand and Australia co-hosting a rugby World Cup. Now mm. it does seem unlikely. Because I think New Zealand, you know, their whole concept is we're a stadium of, you know, four, four and a half million people. You know, that's why mm. we're not, we might not be the biggest country, but you can, you know, bet your bottom dollar, we can host a World Cup, right? So I think if they're going to host a World Cup, why are they going to split the revenue with Australia? But by then, in 2027, these next two, three years for Australia are so important, eh? Because rugby, as Campbell and I touched on a few months ago now, rugby Australia is on the ropes. And the fallout of Israel Folau, even now. No, we're losing money because there's no rugby being played. So, in what, what year is it? What year is it now? It's 2020. In seven can, years, can Australia realistically have the fans, the passion, the pride to host a World Cup? I mean, the sporting culture of Australia suggests yes, but Australians could just be off rugby by
2: then.
1: Let's oh, hope not. Let's hope not. I
2: don't, uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, seven yeah. years, that's a long time. It's dropping, but- my
0: mate. Like, viewership people are going to league both players and fans because it's simpler isn't it and there's more like there's more chance of your team winning really because australia playing a two-team competition which on paper yeah they should win it once every two years they haven't won it since oh two you know like why Mm. the hell if you guys as australian rugby fans why the hell should you keep watching when the team can't win and the board is in such a position where there is no direction, no passion, and no forward thinking. Yep. Like the, the next few years for rugby in Australia are vital because it could die oh, yeah. out. It seems unlikely, but it could happen.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I don't see it dying yeah. out completely, but I do, yeah, I do see it losing a significant amount of popularity, um, but where especially do you draw the amongst line? Australians. Yeah. Where do you
0: draw the line of it's lost enough to the point where Australia shouldn't host a World Cup? Or is the, again, is the sporting culture in this country enough where people are going to go, Hey, we'll do our part. You know, Japan are playing Samoa down at Suncorp stadium. I'll go watch. Look, is I that- think
2: if it's a world cup, I think world cups, people tend to turn up anyway. Yeah. I don't think you're going to like, I, I don't think you'd be worried about selling out games. I think Australians would go to a rugby world cup. Um, so I wouldn't be worried about that, but more the domestic side, I think that's more in trouble than. Internationals. Yeah,
0: well, I mean rugby Australia They're still very much on board with a domestic competition Of some kind um, Now I think the western force could almost be a saving grace For mm. Australian rugby which is quite Ironic seeing that a few years ago They were discarded as part of the problem But I yep. think there's such a fan base Such a passion in Perth From the expats that We could see it happen They could be the solution so I guess that's interesting in itself Maybe a,
2: maybe a world cup final at uh, Optus Stadium
0: No I think they'd host it at the G wouldn't they yeah, they would. I mean, this is think, a pretty
2: big ground, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it's
1: in Western Australia.
2: Exactly. Yeah, okay.
0: You got to consider things like time zones too. Rugby in this country is very much played on the east coast. Fair. Mm. So yeah. So then you're playing a World Cup final, which traditionally, you know, World Cup finals they're at like what 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, that means it's ten. You're and, insufferable, mate. Uh, 7 p.m. sorry. that means it's 10 p.m. here.
2: Yeah, true. Uh, that's just true.
0: that. And then what finishes it? Midnight and I don't know. It just gets awkward. Anyway, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping Australia hosts the 27 World Cup. Then the States and 31. That'd be my pick. That'd That'd be be cool. That'd be my hope. Mm -hmm. Because man, I'd go over there for six weeks. That'd be so much fun.
1: It would be so much fun.
0: Anyway, moving on from rugby. Sadly, I don't say that at all. I think that's the first time I've ever actually said that. Too much. Let's move on. Anyway, in Australia, something that is a bit more sad. Saddening Mm. is the state of Ben Cousins. Now, the former West Coast and Richmond Tigers player, Brownlow medalist, and he's off the rails again, sadly. He's fought addiction, drugs, his whole career and post-career. And once again, Mm -hmm. he's been arrested. CJ, your thoughts on this, mate? Because again, it's pretty damning. eh?
1: Yeah, it's really sad. You know, he was such a good player, like so promising. That whole um, West Coast Eagles squad back in the day when he was playing, um, they were all a bit troubled. Um, especially, you know, you've got Daniel Kerr, who's Sam Kerr's brother. He was in with that as well. Um, and he su- suffered, I guess, a similar fate where maybe a career ending too soon because of a lack of dedication to the sport. And, you know, Ben Cousins is the same. And, you know, for a while there, it seemed like he'd come back. You know, he, it seemed like, you know, Ben Cousins is on the right path. Well, he,
2: well, he did that interview with, uh, I think it was 60 Minutes, yeah, like three weeks ago. And he was talking about how, his addiction has pretty much ruined his life and Mm. how he's trying to turn it around. But I mean, it's the toughest thing to like drug problems. That's, that's just, that shit's just so tough to Mm. deal with and to get over addictions. It's just horrible. And I had to read his book, his
0: biography for assignment. Would you believe I did a subject in first year called, I think it was the history of sport. It was something Mm. like that. It was like, wow, this is crazy. How's this a subject? Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah, reading his book, it's quite depressing. Because there were two or three times when I was reading it going, you know, he's gonna get better. You know, like you kind of just forget about what's actually happened since and you go, This guy looks like he's over the mend. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then he just falls into a ditch. And it was quite sad because he talks a lot about um how everyone's doing it, how he had to do it to cope with, you know, things like anxiety and the pressures of being a footballer, especially playing for the Eagles, man.
1: Yeah, star Eagles. footballer for the Eagles.
0: Like, just... Especially as at a stage when Frio was still quite young and mainly the Eagles were very much WA's team. That's oh, no a doubt. Liables, a lot of pressure on you when you are the captain, you're the Brownlow medalist, you're a grand final hero. You know, there is so much expectation
1: on you every week to go out and be the guy with, you know, 30-odd disposals. Yeah being tagged the whole game by the best defenders in the game. Like yeah. there's so much pressure. You're the golden boy essentially. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And unfortunately he couldn't handle that. in maybe the ways or ethical ways or sustainable ways. And it's just a really sad story to be yes.
0: honest. I don't think he's going to beat it now. I just don't. It's like every time these stories come out, you kind of have to go, okay, like
2: this is more and more serious. Mm. This is really
0: getting you know that much more serious, and yeah, just don't think he can kick it.
2: I believe yeah. it. I believe uh, it's a methamphetamines problem. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that stuff is that is the worst stuff on this planet. Mm. It is horrible, and it destroys families. And it
1: destroys lives. You can and just I, look at oh, him; like he looks a lot more weathered than like he just looks. Yeah. Defeated. He, lo- he,
2: he looks like he's aged thirty years in the mm. space of five. Yeah. That, that stuff just ruins your life. And um, I just, you just hope that, like, we could do more, you know, as a society to stop this sort of stuff happening. Yeah. Because, God, it's horrible. It's horrible. You hope so, mate. But hopefully, Ben does get his life
0: back together. Let's put it Let's that way. Let's hope like, so. Because he was a good footballer. But Very obviously, footballer. we need to see him back on track. Uh, if you are dealing with addiction or that type of thing, make sure you reach out to Beyond Blue or. Yep some other addiction help helplines, of course. Speak to your mates and uh, go get help because no one should have to go through that alone, first and foremost. But um, yeah, let's, let's beat it anyway. Ben Cousins, sad stuff. Anyway, gents, what was the other thing we we're going to chat about? I'm blanking.
1: Uh, we're going to mention maybe Lockie Hunter. I mean, I don't like to talk about it as a Doggies fan, but um, last yeah. week he got caught up in potentially the most NRL kind of fiasco that is possible. He got a drink driving charge where Bailey Smith, who... Has the best flow in the game. Um, had to pick him up. So.
2: Yeah. Well, it wasn't a good week for the AFL. It was wasn't not it. a good week at all. They lost. Uh, there were there were two two star player well, or not stars, but one star player and a another player who got involved in, in drink driving incidents. Mm-hmm. I think it was a Lockie Hunter. Lockie yeah. Hunter from the Dogs. Yeah. Lockie Hunter. Apparently he he was
1: it was on the turps a little bit. Got yeah. behind
2: the got behind the wheel. And apparently he knocked over about, or he ran into four cars or something. collided yeah. with four cars um, before, I don't know, he pulled over or got, a, got arrested or whatever it was. One of
0: his um, teammates picked him up, didn't he?
2: Yeah, Bailey
1: Smith.
0: And that was where some of the issue came about because you've got... Bailey Smith who, got fined. Exactly. And Hunter's in such a bad way. He's drunk. Obviously, he shouldn't be driving. Mm. But they're in isolation. And, hey, mate, can you come pick me up? Sure, I'll do it because you're my mate and you should be getting you know, home safely. Mm-hmm. Then I get fined because I'm breaking a you know? I doubt
1: Bailey would have paid it. I, I think Lockie would have paid it, but it was a team fine um, for breaking team fine. Co- okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a team fine for breaking. Um, I believe for breaking team policy regarding isolation.
0: That's how team fines tend to work, actually. Yeah, but I mean,
2: mm. he's um he's a part of that doggy's uh, leadership group as well. So. He is vice captain, so yeah, I got, think he's uh, he, potentially stripped. Yeah. he has been stripped of it. Oh, I assume he probably would be. You can't have mm. your vice captain going out and drink driving.
1: Oh, that's uh, who I want. A captain, my captain. <laughs> it's real. Follow you yeah. to the
0: four corners of the earth. Actually, exactly. there's one more thing I did want to chat about, Two boys. Of course, Friday morning, the NFL draft has started. We are sadly recording this on a Thursday evening. So we can't comment on the... Well, no doubt, Joe Burrow being selected number one. Mm. But uh, the big news coming out of the NFL that we can comment on is the... Patriots trading a retired player in mm. Rob Gronkowski for a, and a seventh and a seventh for a fourth round pick. Now is this bill Belichick, the mastermind or is this Gronk going, I want to play with Brady and I'm only going to play with Brady trade me or don't get anything. Probably yeah, a bit I of th- both.
1: I think they've kind of mastermind in this a little bit from the, um, a little bit for both parties. I mean, I think the Pats have done an excellent job getting a fourth round pick for a retired player. Um, I think that's incredible. I think also Tampa Bay have done a great job of, you know, really solidifying that team and becoming a title threat Mm. in a matter of weeks. Um, I think it probably would have been in the contract negotiations, um, when Tom Brady was kind of feeling out teams like, Hey, I can get Gronk. What I have heard from NFL network, um, that Gronk, because he obviously took a year off, um, he's basically feeling rejuvenated and a year off because he did have a lot of back injuries and neck injuries. That's why he slid in the draft uh, when he was selected. Um, So he did have a few issues with his back and neck. And apparently that year off has just made him completely revived. Apparently he just feels a lot better in his own skin. Um, And going down to Tampa, you moved down to Florida. You've played for 10 years in the cold of Massachusetts. You want to go down to sunny Florida and have a good time with your old mate, TB12. Win a couple of rings, maybe. And a couple more. Jesus. Yeah, Can't have any more.
0: Just share them around. Be exactly. nice. No, but this is kind of funny because, again, I was trying to flex it before. I am a Patriots fan, mm-hmm. so I'm a little bit cut. But what I am
1: enjoying... Such a bandwagon. You're a Tampa Bay fan now.
2: Such a bandwagon. Are the Tampa Bay
0: Buccaneers, what is it? Tampa? Yep. Temper?
2: Tampa yeah, Tampa uh, Tampa right
0: anyway um, what I am finding quite funny out of this is Julian Edelman mainly um, <laughs> all these memes that are coming out of this now. why
1: doesn't he want me exactly why you don't
0: want um, me man now for those listening slash watching who aren't familiar with the NFL and all the Patriots uh, Julian Edelman is basically Tom Brady's best friend uh, he's the guy Tom Brady throws to the most and he's been there through thick and thin they've won I want to say three rings together mm. so they're very successful and Rob Gronkowski was another player who was
1: vital in that in that same group, that same
0: period. But basically, now both Tom Brady, the goat, and Gronkowski are in Tampa Bay, mm. leaving Edelman by him, well,
1: all by his lonesome, with in his father-in-law, <laughs> with his father-in-law, who is Bill Belichick. So, actually, yeah, You're kidding? Uh,
2: no, like,
1: yeah, Julian Edelman's Bellid.
2: father-in-law is Bill Belichick.
1: Yep. Whoa. Julian Edelman married Bill Belichick's daughter. Jesus. Does what she is look that? like Bill Belichick? <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> For Julian Edelman's sake. He's just trying to really like suck up to Bill A. Eh? He's like, uh, oh, definitely. Oh. Oh, yeah. no, that's,
0: yeah, that's funny. But no, all these memes that are coming out about like, yeah, why, don't he, why doesn't he want me, man? Or, you know, Edelman to uh, uh, Brady and him just basically going loony. I'm finding yeah. it funny. But still, this draft is going to be huge. We can comment on it in depth next week and also. If you haven't already, check out CJ's mock draft. Compare it to the actual draft and see how many he got right. Personally, let's hope. I reckon he's going to get about twenty nine out of thirty two. I'd be
1: very happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with it actually. I'm obviously I'm happy happy with it. My opinion. I've got to be happy with it, but I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty. I'm pretty on the money here. I mean, I'll I'll be made to look like an idiot when. Oh, well, half of these teams, because we didn't do trades for this one, so a lo- I can almost guarantee you the Seahawks will trade out of the first round.
0: Exactly. I do think, Again, we spoke about it briefly in the ET, but I do think that fourth pick is vital. Mm. I think the Chargers could trade up, and if they sit, then they're kind of going, okay, we're hoping that, you know, we're just going to basically wait and see how our quarterback is. Mm-hmm. I, don't think they, I don't think you want to make the decision on who your franchise quarterback is on the decision of the Miami dolphins and going, yeah, we'll yeah. have the leftovers. It seems yeah. a bit silly. Anyway, all this has happened
1: by now. So it's after the fact, We'll anyway, be knowing more stuff now. So, um, but yeah, yeah, go compare my mock draft, go listen to it. If you haven't already. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good of time. Course,
0: if you want to hear more sport, of course, maybe stuff that's close to the home, such as the NRL Gusman's look, he's kept quiet today. He's done well. He wanted to speak about the NRL, but obviously if you've listened to our last two episodes, It's basically been a lot of the same and a Mm. lot of debate, a lot of venting, a lot of passion.
2: Mm. Now,
0: uh, Gusman, he'll be sharing a lot of stuff on the socials in the coming days. As obviously the NRL continues to make these decisions. Now, the news that has come out this week is that the NRL is definitely starting on May 28th. What's that? What's that? Hang quiet. Hang quiet. I think you should do an ET on that pal. I think you should do an ET on the NRL and the situation that it's in at the moment, but it's interesting. Because to its credit, it's the only sport that is trying to make a genuine effort at coming back. Uh, will other sports follow in due course? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Speaking of other sports, if you want to hear all about them too, or as much as we can at the moment, check us out on our, our social medias. Uh, Instagram is at, beyond the sideline, at underscore beyond the sidelines underscore. And Facebook is at beyond the sidelines. It's pretty simple, really. Not too difficult. Anything else you want to add, gents?
1: No, nah, let's get out of here. No.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm
1: done.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm actually having quite a good time. So, um... What I you thought you doing? had a headache
2: 30 minutes ago. I was just really mm. tired now. I'm really
0: upbeat. I'm feeling yeah. Kind of good.
2: Yeah. Mm. What you, talking about rugby gets you... It actually did. ...rejuvenated.
0: It's actually not even a joke. I'm actually yeah. feeling really upbeat now. Something I should have mentioned before, though, is uh, we are wearing different clothes to the interview. Campbell's Not on. me. Wow. See, yeah. Uh, Gusman and I both just have a spear change of... Into, uh, clothes with us. Nothing major. No, we spoke to Harry last week before the Pain House interview. Of course, if you listen to that Pain interview, you'll actually hear me mention Harry Wilson at one point. So that was a slip of the tongue. Anyway, we should get out of here.
2: Yeah. We, I'm yeah. actually having a really good time now. No, i got to go home and cook dinner. What, yeah. you, what, what, we what are you for? cooking, mate? I don't know. Usually, so okay, so what I call it is uh, chicken smash, right? It's like I chop up a bunch of uh, chicken breast. Yep. chuck it in a pan and then get all the spices out of my cupboard and just chuck it in the in the pan as well
1: yeah you know cinnamon you know sugar like oh, yeah. everything
2: chicken, what? chicken what smash you... chicken surprise it's always uh interesting when when you put it in your mouth
1: oh, oh my god otherwise you otherwise known as you don't know what you're doing <laughs> that's in the what you said mate. oh god <laughs> otherwise known as you don't know what you're doing in the kitchen on that note <laughs> let's get out of here